I'm practicing my intervals. My students are practicing their intervals. Hmm. Larry Bayoni, who's been here for 50 years, is practicing his intervals. You don't graduate from intervals or modes or scales or any of those things. You don't graduate from learning how to make a beautiful sound on your instrument that you can control and be expressive through. This is Sounds of Berkeley. I'm Brian Paris, and today on the podcast, we'll hear from Kim Perlack, the new chair of Berkeley's guitar department. She sat down with John Mirasola to unpack her approach to the classical guitar and her collaborations with slide guitarist and professor David Tronzo. She also discussed how guitar students at Berkeley work to develop authentic, personal styles in such a musically diverse guitar community. Here's John with more. Listen to Kim Perlack's classical guitar playing or to the way she talks about ideas like musical style and musical community, and you'll hear a deep reverence for tradition, but also an excitement for surprising sounds and connections. You'll hear musical roots that reach way down and new branches finding open air. She's an accomplished educator and a performer with graduate degrees from the Yale School of Music and the University of Texas, and her work has been featured on NPR and PBS. And after five years serving as the assistant chair of the oldest college guitar department in the country at Berkeley, she was named the department's newest chair this semester. Kim, welcome. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So how did you come to the classical guitar? I started playing the classical guitar when I was 12 years old, after a few years of playing guitar, and years before that, taking some piano lessons from my mom, who was a piano teacher in our town. Hmm. And what made you stick with it? What What was the, the point where you realized, like, oh, this is, this is not just a thing uh, I'm taking lessons in. This is a thing I really want to live in. I loved the sound of the classical guitar. I loved playing it with my fingers. I had a wonderful teacher who gave me recordings that inspired me and suggested that I join a guitar quartet with other kids that she was teaching. And it became like a garage band for classical guitarists. We met several times a week. They would pick me up in their cars when I didn't have a car. We would go from high school and have pizza and hang out and learn repertoire. And we got a lot of gigs. We played a lot of gigs throughout high school, several times a week for years, my entire high school time. And then we went to this wonderful workshop called National Guitar Workshop and met um, many people who were college professors who encouraged me. And I remember one day walking to class with my friends and thinking like, yeah, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is how I'm going to do it. And, and I just started asking people, okay, tell me how to do this. Tell me how to move forward in the next step. And they did. And what was some of the early advice you received? The best advice, I think, was that teacher I approached, who is now the chair at the Peabody Institute in Baltimore, he said, I know you're excited about this and you're inspired because here you are at summer camp. And so I want you to go home for six months and I want you to decide if you are ready to do the work that it takes to support a life in music that goes in conjunction with the inspiration. And if you want to do the work, call me on the phone and I'll help you. And if what you really want to do is hang out and play the guitar and you're not interested in going that deeply into the work, I'll see you next summer. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was great. I thought that making a commitment as a young person 
set me up beautifully for the life that I have in music now. Hmm. So this first clip we've got from you is from your album Common Ground, uh, and it's a piece from a composer uh, named Ben Verdery called Capitola, California. What speaks to you in a piece like this? What makes you want to perform it and to record it? So Capitola was one of the first modern classical pieces that I loved. I loved it as I was switching into classical music from playing steel string guitar music. I felt as though I heard so much of what I loved in classical music, in the counterpoint, in the way the form fit together, in the beautiful tone and the phrasing that he had when he played it. And it sounded new to me, and it sounded like so much modern music that I loved at the same time. And so that was one of the pieces um, in which I had a recording, I had heard Ben play it, and then I saw it in a guitar magazine. Someone had transcribed it and interviewed him, and I took the guitar magazine home and I tried to learn it. And then years later, when I was studying with him, it was really time I, I could play it. And so it's one of my favorite things that I've played and recorded because I've had such a long history of loving that piece. This idea of the American guitar style or the American classical guitar style, is a theme that seems to run through a lot of your work, uh, from your doctoral research, which I think was called something like the American classical guitar style, mm -hmm. um, or finding a voice in the American classical guitar style, um, up through your recent recordings, this common ground of American music. Uh, and so when I hear a piece like Capitola, what is it that makes me think, this is American music? I think it starts with the rhythm. American music has a beautiful connection between European and African traditions. And the way musicians feel it is the way you feel the beat, the way you feel the pulse of the music is not right on the beat. It's just slightly on the back of it. So it has a bit of a groove to it. And that allows the phrasing to really flow and be loose, even though the rhythm is not loose at all. And I love that juxtaposition of it. There's a vocal quality to the melodies, whether or not you hear them in a specific key or it sounds like a folk tune or a pop tune to you, you can sing the melodies back and there's that quality. And there's a sensibility to it and an aesthetic to it that makes people think this is a music of place. This is a music that comes from somewhere that the composer cares about and the performer cares about. And there's a lot of room for the performer to take chances and bring themselves to it and use it as their self-expression as well as showing what the composer was intending. And I think that's all very American, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Is the music you're interested in and the music you play defined by a place? I think that's an interesting question. I think one of the things I thought about the more I studied music 
and thought about what I loved about it, generally in, in doctoral research, people are looking at the music of different cultures in different places. And I thought, well, I'm an American, and I've grown up here, and many of the composers that are my friends are also from this country, and I thought it would be interesting to see what we all have in common. Like, what do we all agree upon as our vernacular because we've grown up here and because we're trying to f reflect what it feels like and what it means to be from a specific place. So I think in some respects, it's a very American thing to do. And I think my music in some way is reflecting a place, whether it's maybe specific to a, a city or a town or a region where I grew up or, or a place where I feel like I am expressively, where I'm bringing different things together with people in real time, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So these ideas of, of geography and of the American style and more broadly uh, about musical identity and things like this, how does that translate into what you're doing as an educator uh, and now as the new chair of the guitar department at Berkeley? How do you teach students to, to figure out where they're from in their music and how to bring that to what they're playing? I think one of the great things about Berkeley and the way guitar is taught here and the way we think of guitar here is it's based around a common language of vocabulary that we all share regardless of style and regardless of where you're coming from. And that has to do with a deep understanding of the fingerboard, of the elements of music when it comes to scales and chords and intervals and a sense of your hands and how they work from a technical standpoint, like how to create fluidity on the instrument, but also really how to go deeply into your technique to think about tone production and how you think about color and attack and the shape of a note. So you're thinking about how you're playing something all the time and what you're playing. And these are skills that you can bring to any style. So then you can say to students in our curriculum, we have this wonderful faculty that literally represents every style that you can imagine. And you have this deep set of raw materials now that give you the technique and the tools to be expressive in those styles. And so then you can choose where you go. You can go deeply into one style if that's what you love. Or you can go deeply into one style and then branch out into others and mix them. So you're always balancing your personal authenticity with stylistic authenticity. And then you're coming back to the roots of these tools. And I think that's quite a brilliant way. I can't take credit for it. I'm the new <laughs> chair. But it's a brilliant implement of our predecessors and the, and the wonderful faculty who built our department because it gives people this range to express where they come from and who they are. And it gives them the tools to do it on every level. Let's let's talk about that from a different angle, uh, because you and David Tronzo, who is a, a slide guitar professor at Berkeley and, and a slide guitar master, um, you're both deeply rooted in your particular styles of playing uh, and your relationships with your instrument. But you also uh, 
you collaborated with him uh, and and found this very interesting crossover between your two styles. Um, the the track we're going to hear, Riverwalk, is off your first album with him, which came out in 2017. I, I wondered if you could tell me a little bit about how that collaboration came about and uh, maybe how that track specifically came about. Sure, absolutely. Um, David Tronzo and I have been playing in a duo for five years, and we started swapping lessons with one another. I loved his playing. I was starting to learn the slide myself. I had played a slide piece for a few years, and I really wanted to see what I could do with the slide. And I deeply wanted to learn to improvise. I had only touched upon the world of and the art of improvisation in, in all the years I had studied, and it was something I really wanted to do and felt like I needed to do in my playing. And he wanted to know more about what I did on the classical guitar with tone production and sounds and creating all kind a palette, a wider palette of sounds. So we started swapping lessons, and then in the course of swapping lessons, we started writing music together. And then one thing led to another, learning from each other and writing music led to playing more together. And then that led to some grants and it led to a recording session. And then it led us to say, okay, what if we started to write pieces for one another? What if we tried to learn enough about the other person's style that we could write a piece that both of us could play together and that either of us could play as a solo piece. And that's where Riverwalk came from specifically. It was my effort to explore what David does and some of the things that I think are signature to his playing. dyadic approach, this beautiful contrapuntal approach that he has, mm. this very angular, intervallic thing that he does that um, that just sounds in such contrast. And this beautiful way he can keep an ostinato happening, like a very fast rhythm going, and get it in your mind so that even when he leaves it to play these beautiful melodies... As a listener, you have an illusion that it's continuing. Hmm. And so I was thinking about those three elements, and I thought I would like to write a piece that either of us could interpret as a solo, and then we could play together as a duo. And that was what what became Riverwalk. It initially seems like this this sort of odd pairing between the the classical guitar and this electric slide guitar. Are there conversations that need to happen around how to make that work, how to not make that sound like uh, two very disparate things uh, kind of smushed together? How do you how do you actually forge that partnership as two players um, with your very unique instruments and styles? For me, I think the exciting moment came when we were having lessons and we were talking about what we valued in music, what we cared about in terms of sound and expression and 
writing and improvising and creating new things and interpreting things. And as different as our styles are, everything we cared about was the same. And so in that way, I think I can speak for him momentarily and say we thought there had to be a way. How can there not be a way to make music together if what you truly care about conceptually is the same and expressively is the same? You could be as different as you want, and then you have a place to come together. And so we really didn't want to layer one on top of the other. We didn't want to play next to each other. So that means that I had to come completely out of my comfort zone to learn about what his style requires. And he had to come completely out of his comfort zone to learn about mine. And that process was so valuable. It was so hard in some ways and so exciting at the same time. And I think as a teacher... I can't imagine a more powerful experience to be a student on that level where you're committed and you're held to the same level of account that a student going through music school is held to. And you feel that experience every day. When I walk into a classroom, I know how that feels. Hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not remembering how it felt 20 years ago. I'm doing it now. And I think the students know that. Yeah, the the collaborations on the faculty level are a good analog for what we expect of the students as well. I agree. I, I think so. And I found such a home for that in the guitar department because we have this group of people who are the absolute top musicians in their field. They're great performers. They write beautiful music. They record at a high level and they are master teachers. And they're able to come here and learn from each other. And what better environment do you have at a school? Mm-hmm. And you, you talk often about uh, the sense of community in the guitar department and the, and the mm-hmm. deep history it has. Yeah. It, it's the oldest guitar department in the country. Could you describe that, that culture from your experience? Uh, like what... What does that bring about in terms of your relationships with your colleagues and your students? I think one thing to think about when you think about the guitar department is that many of the people who built it are here. And how rare that is. That we have a faculty that includes four generations of teachers and students in the faculty from Berkeley. You have people who have devoted four or five, sometimes, decades of their lives to teaching here at Berkeley. They were students here, and then when they had an opportunity to teach here, they continued the traditions that they learned that they loved, and they also had the courage to build some things that were not available to them as students. And um, we had in our chair, in our current chair emeritus, Larry Bayonne, someone who was so conscious of that, when he was building the faculty as the department expanded and was willing to say to people, I love what you're doing, and I know you were a student here. Would you come and do this here at Berkeley? Mm. And so I think people feel the repercussions, the ripple effect of that invitation, and they feel this honor to be here and create for the students what they dreamt, whether they had it or they didn't. Mm -hmm. 
And then that creates this sense of community right away that allows people to be colleagues and friends and collaborators and not competitors. And it's a great feeling. And I think the students hopefully feel welcomed into that lineage immediately. And I hope that as they leave, they feel like they have a home to come back to because I think that's how the faculty feel about their time here. Hmm. And that's why you can have a collaboration between me and David Tronzo or other faculty that are very different because the environment supports it. And that know. seems to be the kind of the nexus of, of these two strands, which is the the individual student maturing as a musician and finding their own very personalized expression of their their talents and abilities and voice. And also the the deepness and richness of the community in which that's happening uh, is you have the these moments of of engagement and of cross pollination between ideas and styles and just of, of exposure uh, of one to the other. Is that does that sound right? It does sound right because I think you have to remember that everyone is embarking on a different phase of their professional career while they're here. Whether you're a student or a faculty member or a chair, we're all professionals together because our students are working. We're just at different points in our development. Mm. And so when you think about three things that you want, you want a deep knowledge of your instrument. And that knowledge quest will continue. I'm practicing my intervals my students are practicing their intervals. Larry Bayoni, who's been here for 50 years, is practicing his intervals. You don't graduate from intervals or modes or scales or any of those things. You don't graduate from learning how to make a beautiful sound on your instrument that you can control and be expressive through. So you have this knowledge of your instrument and your ability to execute with it. You have an understanding of stylistic traditions and how all of the tools that you have in your hands and your heart and your instrument translate there. And then you have your community of friends and colleagues who will be your guitar family and they'll also be the people you're working with for the rest of your life. And when you come here, there are a thousand guitarists at least on campus every day. And that's your base. And then when you leave or when you go out into the world... We have a community that's based here in Berkeley that you have an instant connection to. And hopefully you've learned how to communicate with people who come from other places, too. Would you like to say a word about this last piece, Tibet? I would. It, it brings the other two recordings together in an interesting way. Tibet is based on a piece um, called Prayer for Peace that Ben Verdery wrote. He wrote the theme, the beginning of the piece that you'll hear. He wrote it for me when I was doing a series of benefit concerts for American veterans um, with a wonderful group of people in Austin, and I loved it. And then when David Tronzo and I had first started playing together, our dear friend Garrison Fuel from the faculty here passed away. And we were organizing with our colleagues in the guitar department a memorial concert for him. And Garrison meditated and, and was a Buddhist. And that theme came up when David and I were playing. And we wrote this arrangement that you'll hear in Tibet as a piece for our friend. 
And that was the first piece we performed together as a duo. And the first, one of the first pieces we recorded together as a duo. The first excerpt we heard today was Capitola, California, that's Capitola C.A., composed by Ben Verdery and performed by Kim on her album Common Ground. We also heard two songs by the Perlac Tronzo duo, Riverwalk and Tibet, which is based on themes by Ben Verdery. You can find more information and links to Kim Perlac's recordings at kimperlac.com, K-I-M-P-E-R-L-A-K.com. This episode was engineered by Mark Aguilar at the Berkeley Internet Radio Network Studios and edited by Darcy Davis. I'm John Mirasola. This is Sounds of Berkeley. <laughs>